0: When it comes to investing in innovation, trust the experts. Robo Global provides laser-focused investment portfolios that deliver access to robotics, AI, and healthcare innovation globally. The H-Tech portfolio captures the technologies transforming the medical space, providing unique exposure to best-in-class companies. Investors, turn to this diversified approach backed by research from the experts. Learn more today at RoboGlobal.com slash HTEC.
1: Like that. That's
2: how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another. Tony Bruno. See? Give me another.
3: Tony Bruno.
2: (laughs) Can you say it real fast now?
4: Tony Bruno.
2: Nice. Can you say it real slow now?
4: Tony Bruno. Can you get deeper? Deeper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. (laughs) And now. Oh,
1: Tony Bruno. Stop it.
0: Here is Tony Bruno.
2: Tranquility base here. The Phillies have crash landed. Hello there, welcome. It is a you know what it is, Robin. What is it today, Tony Bruno?
3: What is it, Z? Dr. Tuesday. Bryce, what is it? Dr. Tuesday. What is it, Brian? What is it? Taco Tuesday. Taco <laughs> <Dr>.
0: Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Taco, tatas, whatever you want the T-word, Tony Tuesday. Whatever you need, we've got it for you. Welcome it is Tony Bruno Nation Live. Yes, I dug out a classic T-shirt from a couple of years ago that I still had in the closet somewhere and I am wearing it proudly today. My Phillies P pissed shirt. I don't remember where I got this. Somebody sent it to me, but I love this shirt. It's the Phillies logo with the star over the eye and it says pissed. But I think people are beyond pissed today, Robin, as we welcome the entire nation, the entire world, because what happened last night in baseball, this isn't just about Philadelphia. This is about the major leagues and how this city on ESPN national television last night Uh and certainly this baseball team. And I said it yesterday when we had Charlie Steiner on. So you watch all of those. Now, bandwagon Dodger fans on the East Coast, because I don't think these people flew in from L.A., and if they did, fine. I don't, I don't have a problem there was, with it.
4: There was somebody that did call you out saying that he was not a bandwagon Dodger. He is a tried-and-true Dodger, and he was offended by the fact that you said that they were all bandwagon.
1: Not all dodger. of them.
2: I saw people wearing jerseys that said, fans since 1981. I'm not saying all Dodger fans are fake, but let's be honest. Over the last couple of years, the Dodgers have come to Philly, and I don't, you know, listen they want to come to the ballpark, they come to the ballpark. I'm not saying Dodger fans should not be allowed here. I predicted that there would be a lot of Dodger fans last night mm-hmm. rooting for the Dodgers because they were up in Boston. So they're on the East Coast, and they made the trip down. They're up cheering on the Dodgers against the Red Sox, who, oh, by the way, the Dodgers poleaxed in two straight games. They lost the first game of that series. Then they won in a blowout in the second game, and then, the Do- and then they won in 12 innings and got into Philadelphia at 4.30 yesterday morning. Who looked like the team that was brain-dead last night? And you know it's not my style to criticize. I just make observations. That's what I've done my entire life. The Phillies were on a Monday night massacre. Now, normally, people around the country don't get to see the games unless they're real baseball fans and they have the MLB package and they flip around and there's Phillies fans all over the country too. You see the Phillies fans, they travel to San Diego, to L.A. So there's people all over the country who don't necessarily have to travel to the city because there's people who are here, grew up in the area, and were Dodger fans, or maybe moved from L.A. and were Dodger fans, or maybe you're really old and were from Brooklyn <laughs> and were Dodger fans when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. So I'm not one of these yes, guys that says, stay ancient. out of our stadium. The Phillies got what they had. The, the Phillies had this coming to them because what they did last night, and you saw it, they, got a, they had two bases loaded situations against Clayton Kershaw early in the game and did not score a run. The only run they scored was a solo home run in the one inning where they did score, and then they got the bases loaded and couldn't score a run. They had the bases loaded against Kershaw again in the next inning and couldn't score a run. From that moment on, I knew. Because if you've watched Curt, Clayton Kershaw, he was going to get better, and the Phillies were eventually going to fall apart, unfortunately. And that's what happened last night. And ESPN showed the nation what a full-fledged dumpster fire looks like. 16-2. to 2 yee It felt like 50 to 2. I actually turned the game off and watched Mighty Trains on uh, Smithsonian Channel, because I love trains. I, don't like, I like turtles, but I'm a train guy. When I see trains throughout New Zealand, trains going around the world, some awesome train You're rides. talking about locomotives. Yeah, real trains.
4: Okay. Not, not, the, not kind the group you...
2: train, which I like, too, and I yes. saw them in concert once.
4: And, but and, my, and not the kind this, of train that you can find on, on Red, too. No,
2: no, not, tra- not that train. Tra- although the Dodgers did run a train on the Phillies last night, too, if you want to be honest about it. <laughs> 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 See, now you had me go there, Robin, and I didn't want to do that.
4: Sorry, sorry. What's the no. matter
2: with you? Not Soul Train. And thank although you. the Andy- Soul Train dancers were there laughing, uh, dancing on the, uh, on the Phillies' carcasses last night as well.
4: I want to thank Andy Live, who is now
2: hosting us. Beautiful, man. Not the Chooch train. Even he won't come and watch this debacle anymore. But last night, how bad was this game if you didn't see it? As I said, I turned it off in the fourth how inning. How
4: bad was it, it Tony? It was
2: so bad that even the Dodgers were feeling bad for the Phillies when they were up 12 to 1. And this is this is how bad things are going around here with this team. That was Remember, they got off to a good start, and then all of a sudden June came and the entire thing just went crashing to hell.
4: Now did they uh did did somebody from the broadcast booth cross out the score like they they did Rockies? No, they should have done that last night. John
2: Kruk on the local broadcast or the guys on the ESPN broadcast should have done what the Colorado Rockies did. That was great. They they got the little marker and covered the score. They should have covered the score. They should have thrown some whiz on that thing. Somebody should have taken a cheesesteak with whiz on it and just thrown it on oh. the scoreboard.
4: See, now I was thinking some other kind of whiz. No, See no, my brain goes. Whiz wit,
2: Robin. It's Philly. It's cheesesteaks. They eat, They eat in the booth all the time.
4: Yeah, and they pee Tom on the McCarthy streets, Tom McCarthy should
2: have got a glob of cheese whiz and just thrown it. John Kruk should have put the cheese whiz down that he was eating and smeared it on the scoreboard. That's how bad it was. Dang. But it was so bad. In the eighth inning, as the Dodgers are putting up another five spot and add to their lead and go up 12-1, to one, The home plate umpire, Doug Eddings, for some strange reason, decides that the Phillies' relief pitcher, Yaxel Rios, was throwing at the third baseman, Turner, for the Dodgers. The guy with the Justin Turner with the big red beard. He's a good player, good guy. So what happens? Let's go to the tape. This is the umpire after a breaking ball, which was absolutely not being thrown at the guy despite the home runs. This is where an umpire... Absolutely, positively has to do his job. And his job is you don't immediately throw a guy out of the ball game. Everybody knew it. This is how bad it's gotten for the Phillies. Even Justin Turner, watch him. Even he realizes that this is a mercy killing. And the umpire just rubbed an entire wet glob of sand in a festering open wound for the Philadelphia Phillies last night. Let's go to the tape. This is the ESPN broadcast.
0: He hit it along. Terrible call. And JT Real Muto's trying to say it was a breaking ball. I mean, I don't think no. there was intent there. Turner doesn't think. Turner doesn't think so, no. He, Turner's saying you don't have ball. to throw him out, but he's already done it. And Turner was literally arguing in favor of the pitcher saying you don't have to throw him out. I think. There's the pitch. Turner tried to get out of the way. It hit him in the back knee, and then it got a piece of Real Muto. Doug Hedding's pointed right to him. Real Muto is saying, and Turner's even saying, uh,
2: but he's gone. That's when you know you are an absolute, unmitigated shit show. What even the home plate umpire, who realizes every, anybody, a, a little 13-year-old kid umpiring a, a, a Little League game knows that he wasn't throwing at Justin Turner. It's just ridiculous. But anyway... It was... It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. How embarrassing was it? I've already told you. (laughs) Fourth inning. I told you the Phillies couldn't score. The bases loaded. Two times early in the game. So then what happens. They give up. The sixth inning, the the fourth inning was an absolute disaster. That's when I said, enough is enough. Speaking of that, it's National and World Snake Day today. I have had it with these snakes not the Dodger fans. On the MF and planes. Six runs in the fourth, five more in the eighth. Cody Bellinger, people are chanting MVP. And listen, that's the thing. Phillies fans have traveled well, and they go out to different ballparks when they're, you know, they're going well, and everybody was excited at the beginning of the year. You, know, you saw the Phillies out all over the place, and there were more Phillies fans in ballparks than there were the home team fans. So now the Dodger fans are feeling it because they're the best team in baseball. And when Charlie was on yesterday, we talked about – when you look at this Dodger team mm-hmm. versus the Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, where they had a lot of all-star, superstar, everybody knows their name players, you look at their roster. This is all homegrown guys. This isn't they went out and spent $300 million on that guy and there's the $200 million on that guy. Look at Verdugo. This is a homegrown guy, and he's already emerging as a star. And I, I, Somebody said it last night on the broadcast. The difference between the Dodgers right now and the Phillies – is homegrown talent, and when their guys are in the minor leagues and they come up to the big leagues, they're already big leaguers. They don't come up and say, oh, I was hitting 300 in the minors at AA and AAA, well, I'm going to be a little intimidated. Phillies guys come up from the minors, and they look like they don't belong here. You know why? Because they don't, many of them, especially the pitchers. The pitchers are a bunch of guys that really aren't major league bullpen pick. I'm talking about the relievers. They're not bad people. I'm just saying these guys have no clue what's going on when they get out on the mound.
4: Now, we have two two really funny uh, chat room pieces. One from Coops Graham. It says, I loved when Jamie Appody did her...
2: Jamie Appody, uh, Robin. Appody, excuse
4: me. do even Apod- know Jamie Appody. I know, I know. I'm, I'm Jesus. Reading.
2: I have to Jamie, give you the first one, Robin. Wait a minute.
4: Jamie Appody did her broadcast last night, and three little boys were wearing their Philly shirts, and she said to them, who's going to win? And they all shouted, Dodgers. The Dodgers. She was, she was a little shocked. I don't think that's what she was expecting. And then... Um, uh, la, 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 where is it? Um... The Eagles, <laughs> there was another one. Oh, here, Mars Mike. Um, is Mike is on Mars? Mars Mike is asking, how is no one fired today? Well,
2: you know, I, I tweeted last night when I turned it back on and saw the whole debacle late in the game. Because I said, I, I turned it off and started watching a train show. Mighty trains. I wasn't watching The Bachelorette. I wasn't watching WWE Monday Night Raw. I was watching something that was calming to me. Watching the the Kiwi Express go through New Zealand, through the entire... And they, you know the landscape in New Zealand beautiful. That's what I want to do, Robin. I want to travel and go on trains through different countries and see all these beautiful places. That's what I did. I had to calm down. But you saw what happened last night. We have tape now. This is exclusive local reaction that you will not be getting on any other TV, radio show, or anywhere else on Earth. So last night, here in South Philadelphia, where we're in the shadows of the sports complex, walking distance. For those of you who don't know, here in the Bruno Wine Cellar in South Philly, if you go outside and you walk around the corner, you can almost see this this sports complex. And last night, many doors were opening as people were finding out just what was going on at Citizens Bank Park. And yes, it was not just a dumpster fire. It was a raging, out-of-control, multiple-alarm, action-news-lead-story conflagration. And here's video, exclusive video last night of what people saw when they opened their doors last night in South Philly and Packer Park. And they saw the entire stadium complex ablaze as this thing has absolutely now been. It's, it's burnt beyond recognition. It is now burnt. They are combing the ashes this morning to try to figure out what happened to this ball club. Yes, they are.
4: It's a sad day here, Tony. And, 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 and like many, like this gentleman in the video, people are hightailing it out of there.
2: And so that was last night. You know, and then you wake up the next morning in sports, wherever you are. You watch a ball game, you get pissed off, or you're happy your team won. And in baseball, there's every, you know, another day starts and it's another game. But this morning, to show you how disgusted local Philadelphia Phillies fans are, we go down live to Mullica Hill, New Jersey. As you know, you've been to Mullica Hill, down there, beautiful country, farmland, horses. One local guy was so pissed off about the Phillies last night, he actually just had to do something to get out of his frustrations. So he went outside and grabbed not one, two axes, and went out there and said, I ain't watching the Phillies. I got serious shit to do. Let me chop up some wood. This is a guy in Mullica Hill this morning. This is how pissed off he was. He busted up an entire cord of wood. He had not one, two axes. And he said, don't ask me to watch the Phillies anymore. Don't ask me nothing. I am pissed off. I think he, we have tape. I am pissed off.
4: This is this is not, he's not chopping up
2: mat cord.
4: He's chopping up an entire cord. Stumps. For those of you who do not know what that is, all of this put together would be one cord of wood.
2: That's pumps in the stumps. That dude I mean, if I tried to do that, I'd probably cut my thumb off again. <laughs> yeah, this guy's going with two axes at the same time, man. That is amazing.
4: <laughs> Look at how loose he's holding those axes.
2: He's got just stomp after stump. Not stump Merrill, of course, former Yankee manager.
4: <sighs> yes, Grapple Joe, that is some serious CrossFit action, yo. Yes, it is. I could do that now,
2: right now. I, you know, I've done that kind of stuff. Oh, Rob, I, but I told you, I've been in the woods. I'm a woodsman. I'm a waterman. I'm an outdoorsman. Now, Tony, is I'm it, not a Kingsman, though, because I don't, you know, I'm is not it, British.
4: Speaking of which, I have the new trailer, and it looks awesome. For the Kingsman? We should, yes, we should play that in a little bit. But uh, is it better to chop dry wood?
2: Yeah, it's easier to chop when it's okay. dry. But that wood still looks very, very like yeah, You know, like it hasn't been down for a while. Obviously, when you hit a stump, when it's seasoned wood, it splits beautifully. Yeah, This guy is still splitting. It looks like recently cut down wood. That's a good job out of that guy. Yes, it
4: is. It's
2: nuts. But that's what Philly fans, if you were a Philly fan and you had a bunch of lumber in your backyard, because now's the time you're supposed to be cutting it so it can season for the fall. Okay. Because then you cut it into pieces. So you cut
4: it into the cords first and then you pile it onto your, and then you let it dry out over there. Exactly. I mean, they
2: should be dried out at that point. Obviously, they cut down a tree and they made equally uh, sized stumps. So when this guy's going through it all, and he's just hacking them apart. He's cutting them in half, and then they're going to have to come and back and split them I don't even think that
4: again. the video is sped up at all. I think no, that that's this is natural real action here. <laughs> See, you want to talk <laughs>
2: about good cardio, good upper body, good Damn. arms. That's good stuff right there, man.
4: Ladies, how'd you like to have him come home to you every day? Mm-mm.
2: Stop the hammering. <laughs> no, that's what the fans are saying <laughs> to the Philly.
4: <laughs> yeah, whack-a-mole.
2: So there were the local reactions. You're not getting that anywhere else. Yeah, this
4: is Alaska's version of whack-a-mole.
2: <laughs> no, it's Mollica Hill. That's a live shot. That's why the guy's still going. And he's got the truck already backed up. He's going to throw that stuff in the back of his truck. And boom, he's going to pile that stuff up and get ready for a long, cold winter ahead. Well, at least for the Phillies. Maybe the Eagles will maybe save the season and the Sixers when they come back. And maybe even the Flyers. It's an absolute disaster area. Disaster area. But Cody Bellinger, I mean, the Dodgers are good. But then look at the names on the roster. You know them now because they're – you know Bellinger because he's been good for a couple of years. But this isn't the Dodgers of yesterday where they go out and sign big-name guys and it's just a murderer's row. These guys are all good because they came up in the system, they play, and they do a good job. And they do their job. And they play small ball and they steal home. And they actually know how many outs there are in an inning. You know, they know how to run the first base hard. They do all the things that the Phillies seemingly do, don't do, a lot. Phillies will have a couple of wins. Everybody gets excited again, and then they play like, like they did last night.
5: Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. It's
2: ridiculous, man. And again, I, the Dodgers are good. We knew that. The Dodgers are the best team. and I said this a month ago. Right now, the Dodgers and the Yankees. You did. Although the Yankees are sli- slipping a little bit here now. Yankees lose last night, and you see who beat them? Travis Darno, former Philly, former Met. The Mets discarded this guy a couple of weeks ago. Where does he wind up with the Tampa Bay Rays? And what does he do last week for the Rays against the Yankees? A little over a week ago in Tampa, he hits a game-winning home run to beat the Yankees. Last night at Yankee Stadium, Travis Darno, don't you know? His three home runs against the Yankees, including the go-ahead, three-run bomb off Aroldis of Chapman, a guy who throws 100 miles an hour but somehow decided, hey, I'm going to throw a little slop ball up there to Travis Darno," and all he did was jack it deep into the night, three-run home run, Rays beat the Yankees again, and they're so excited in Tampa. Dean says he may go to another Rays game this year if he wants to make the drive all the way across to St. Petersburg, which a lot of people in Tampa complain about because it's too far away. The Rays are in second place behind the Yankees. Five games out in the American League East. And nobody's paying attention. So then all the, the front runners, like Dean and Clearwater, who's a Boston Red Sox fan, trashing Phillies fans, the Red Sox got their asses handed to them. No, by the way, the Red Sox are the defending world champions, and they lost at home. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now. And the Yankees, statistically, are pretty damn good. But the Yankees have the Rays there to contend with in the East, and give them credit. But Travis Darno, you want to talk? Here's the best part: the Mets are still paying Travis Darno, just like the Mets are still paying Jay Bruce, who really didn't do much last night, but he certainly has been a, one of the uh, okay players for the Phillies, and he's at least got potential to knock in some runs. So anyway, the good news is the Phillies are 0 for four against the Dodgers this year, and they've been outscored 34 to eight. I'm looking for a glimmer of hope, a ray of sunshine. I know the next game is tonight, but you know what tonight is, Robin? What is tonight? And I normally go to these events, but not tonight. Tonight is going to be very angry at the ball yard. You know why? Because it's Italian Heritage Night.
4: It doesn't have to be angry, Tony. Are you kidding? You know the
2: city? How long have you been here? <laughs> it doesn't have it to doesn't be angry. It doesn't have
4: to be it may, angry. It may, have
2: get, it, may be, it may have gotten to the point of it, apathy. Geez. The one thing, the worst thing you have when you're a sports franchise is apathetic fans. Now, you know, you got Italian Heritage Night. And you know what they say at Atari- Italian Heritage Night? What is that? Sometimes
5: it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. They've
2: been making shit a lot lately. But tonight... At the ball yard. And then tomorrow night, Star Wars night. So you know people are going to go out because they bought tickets to these games. Yeah, and exactly. it's the Dodgers in town. So it's not like they need to sell $7 tickets to fill right. the ballpark. And then you got all these Dodger fans going to the yard now and making it sound like a Dodger home game. But And I want to hear from my Italian brethren out there. Italian, wherever you are. You going out for Italian Heritage Night? You're, you're uh, come.
4: How do they say that in Italian? Are your your compais, your. No,
2: my comads. The commods will all be there. <laughs> the comods. The commods are always there. They'll go right from Stogie Joe's, drink a couple of glasses of white wine, and then get Uber and then go get wasted drinking yes. overpriced 17, eight gallon bottles of beer, cans of beer at the ballpark. Now, I can't get this off, so I know why, because I'm using the stoop. I'm thinking it's a slide again. But this is what you'll hear tonight. At Citizens Bank Park, if you By got the way, tickets tonight for Italian Heritage so it, Night,
4: Tony was just—he—he he forgot that that's not a touchscreen. So he was. I know. I <laughs> got
2: all these different devices, and most of them are touchscreens except the one where I play the music. You ready for the Don and night? And as soon as the first Dodger home run leaves the yard, you know what you'll hear tonight, also. Exactly. And then the command sitting next to that guy. You know what she'll say? Exactly right. It's Fong Cool Tuesday at the Woo! Ball Yard tonight. There will be zero Fongools to give tonight for Phillies fans if they get another beat down <laughs> at the hands of the Dodgers.
4: Yeah, this sounds a lot happier than the, the music is much happier than I think that they're going to be.
2: This it won't s- be. It won't be a dumpster. It'll be a grease fire tonight. Grease fire. Let me see grease balls and Italians. Yes. I can say that because I'm Italian. A grease ball fire. A grease ball fire tonight. It is dumpster fire night, ladies and gentlemen. Bring your own uh, incendi—no, don't bring any incendiary devices. Yeah, no, that would be bad. The Phillies are basically going to spontaneously combust on their own. Have you seen these videos of people who just like spontaneously combust?
4: Well, I've seen like um, the the detective shows where supposedly this happened, and then I did a lot of research, and there is some evidence that that can happen. Still not quite sure how but grease, is the, grease is the word.
2: There's only one thing worse than a dumpster fire, and that's a grease fire, Robin, because you can't yeah, put water can't. on a grease no, you fire. you have to put flour on it. On a dumpster fire, you know, you just bring the hoses in, Yeah. and then you get it out.
4: Anything anything with oil or grease, do not <laughs> put water on it because it will spread.
0: <laughs> oh, you broke your cherry. Uh, no,
2: I broke my cherry a long time ago. Dumpster, fire, night, tonight, everybody. Bah- girl, eh? Exactly, that's what the Phillies. That's what the fans will be saying to them. Anyway, that's enough on that. We gave you the Yankees update. How about your The hottest teams in baseball right now are the teams that aren't supposed to be the hottest teams. Obviously, the Braves are good. They are now nine and a half up on the Phillies as they fade, mm-hmm, fast mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. east. Nationals lost. So the Braves are up, nine and a half on the Phillies. They've won five straight, the Braves. The Nationals lost They're seven and seven-and-a-half back. Phillies are nine-and-a-half back. So they're still thinking wild card. I know there's a lot of baseball to play, and I'm having a lot of fun today. The problem with this team is that the fans get up here, and then they think, oh, yeah, now look at that lineup. Well, hey, they're going to score a lot of runs. You look at the lineup, this team should be able to score runs. But they don't because they don't have any timely hitting. A guy hits a solo home run, they get the bases loaded and can't score another run. They can't advance runners. They don't steal bases. They don't play small ball. It's all either a home run or a strikeout or a walk. And then every once in a while, Bryce Harper will spray in a double because he's got 25 doubles. And so when you're on a team like this, you know, the, the focus falls on on Bryce Harper because they gave him a lot of money. And so now you're looking for somebody to shake this thing up. And I tweeted last night during that game. I got a gut feeling. And this is before it was 16-2. to two. This is yeah. when it was... Like eight, eight to two, in that in that in that uh, fourth inning, when that fiasco went, and I could see everything falling apart, I just got the gut feeling because you're on national television. Listen, I don't call for firings. I'm not going to say I'm not. I don't have an inside source. I'm saying this as a fan watching a game, realizing, and I know the management and the uh, the GM said, "Oh, these guys are safe," and again, they're going to fire Kapler. They're going to fire him, but just because the GM. And Andy McPhail, who's been here for a few years, and got here before Matt Klementek. He's sort of like the Pope of Greenwich Village, except he doesn't pretty much do anything except every once in a while come downstairs and say, "Yeah, I like our ball club." So that's the kind of loss on national television, 16 to two at home with Dodger fans chanting in your own ballpark, that should send ripples yeah. to the to the highest offices. Because this isn't a regular game. This is, you're playing against the best team. And if you think you're a playoff team and you're at home and the Dodgers are good, you got to go out there. And Kershaw, I said, they could have had him down early. With a, and Kershaw's a great pitcher, but they had him on the ropes early and they couldn't deliver a If they put five runs up on Kershaw, that's not a 16 2 game because then at least you got a little momentum going. Remember, Dodgers used a lot of pitchers. They played an extra inning game late on Sunday night. And then they fly in here and get in here at five in the morning. You had a Dodger team that you could have at least showed up and made a a legitimate effort against. Once things fall apart on this team, it doesn't seem that they're capable of putting it back together. No one. Not one player, not one manager, not one pitcher, not one hitter. That's the concern for the front office, is you watch that on national TV, and you still have a lot of games left, and you're telling your fan base, hey, you know, maybe we're still in the wild card hunt. That's the problem. That's the problem. The management upstairs sees this. They hear the fans booing.
4: Well, and there's a lot of uh, people doing the Monday Monday morning quarterbacking, looking at at Kapler, saying, "Oh, he's lost the, he's lost the bench, he's lost the locker room. Nobody respects him." Um, do you think that? Because I, I look at I look at body language. I saw him interacting with the
2: he, other- Yeah, he he. he- Listen, I don't hate Gabe Kapler. I know chicks dig him because he's good-looking and he's ripped and stuff. Bottom line, and Charlie said this yesterday, it's all about analytics now. Right. Baseball has become a robotic sport. The manager has his computer printouts. They don't even talk to one another. Like, okay, I got my little script here. The players take the thing out, put it in their back pocket, the little notes, the crypt notes. And they're all worried about, as Charlie said, <clears throat> exit velocity <clears throat> and launch angles. How about pitch, catch, hit, score? Don't give me the exit velocity bullshit. I don't care about the shift and your little computer gadget showing you the guys are on one side of the infield. Yeah. It's all nice. It's, this isn't a video game. This is Major League Baseball. <clears throat> you want to play a damn video game, get out your little MLB game and play that and then do your shifts and do all that other crap and worry about exit V-low and trajectory and launch angle and how many feet the ball went. Who gives a shit? Win the damn game. This is why baseball has been ruined by analytics. It's the same thing as the process with basketball. All of these number crunchers have destroyed the game. They've destroyed it because they've taken away, this is what a manager does, this is what an owner does, this is what a general manager does, and they use all, they throw things in the computer, and then they use the analytics and then make that as an excuse. Well, you know, we're doing what the book says. The book says right here, you know, you, don't, you, you go out and swing for the fences. There's no instinct. There's no more human instinct. They've made baseball a robot game. They have. You look at it. Managers aren't talking to players. They're getting calls, and they're getting messages about, oh, here's the book on this guy. I get you have to scout. Scouting's been going on forever. You scout the pitchers, and then you have pretty much what they've been doing, especially lately. That's been going on since day one in baseball. But all of this analytics and the obsession with home runs and, and all of these other stupid new stats... And I've said this before, baseball has always had more stats than any other sport. So what does baseball do? They add more stats, more meaningless bullshit about exit velocity. And all this crap. Does that make the game any more interesting? You look at the screen and you're like, what the hell is this? Is this the New York Stock Exchange? I don't want to see things scrolling and and this guy's uh, OBP, PPS, war, all this other crap. That's all geek shit. We don't need – the only geek shit we need is the geek squad because at least they fix shit. Geeks and analytics, they don't fix anything. Not even their own damn pocket protectors. Bean? And you know I, I like geeks, Robin. Yes, you do. But bean counters
4: in any kind of creative or <laughs> sport, whether – both creative Id- like, like radio or sports, bad idea. Bean counters, bad. Right?
2: Yes. They're not bad. You have to have bean counters. They yeah. pretty much make sure that But if sure they're the, the uh, ones that
4: are making the decisions. The bean, bean counters
2: like... aren't making the decision. The computer ge- uh, geeks are.
4: Isn't that the same thing?
2: No. Bean counters are the guys upstairs who determine how much money you have to spend and how much you are under the cap and all that other crap. That's what bean counters are. Mm-hmm. They're the guys that sit in offices and have to decide who's the, who to fire because the, the, the stockholders of the company are upset because your profits aren't as high as they're supposed to be. That's what a bean counter does. They're the geeks who don't know anything about anything except money. And then they're told, hey, yeah, hey, we're not, uh, the profits aren't what they were last year. We got to do something. All right, let's fire that guy. Let's fire 100 people on a Friday afternoon. That'll make it better. That's what a bean counter is to me. But the problem is, it's analytics. And analytics, in my opinion, have destroyed Major League Baseball. They think they've made it better, and they haven't. They've turned managers into automatons. You know, I
4: would be curious to to hear what somebody like Keith Oberman, who has always
2: enjoyed the analytics part. I mean, he is his... But there's a difference between the old-school rotisserie... Versus the modern-day analytics. i got to get Keith on to talk we about We should,
4: it. because he, out of everybody that we know, is so in tune with baseball, and he is an old-time analytics guy. I would be curious to say what he—
2: But he's not an analytics guy, Robin. You're confusing somebody who understands the game versus analytics. Analytics is a modern-day phenomenon. Keith is an old-school guy. right. He, you know, he, he looks at batting averages and the numbers but that matter. But that's what I'm
4: talking about. But that's
2: not analytics. Analytics okay. aren't batting averages and how many doubles, runs. Okay, so
4: he's an It's old... all these
2: stats, which is... Now they keep adding stats. My point is they keep... Not Dwayne stats, of course, who I have a bobblehead of. As the, should, we try,
4: should I try to call him and see if he can, he, he can come on?
2: Yeah, you know who else is coming on today, though? Yes. Lee Steinberg's coming on today at 2.30. At 2.30 p.m. Lee Steinberg's super agent... You
4: who do not know who Lee Steinberg is, he is the original, the actual, the, the person who the movie, Show Me the Money, was based on.
2: The movie wasn't called Show I Me the Money. But,
4: but that's the character. And everybody, as soon as you say that, they know who it is. Tom Cruise's character. Um, the fabulous Lee Steinberg. And he is coming on to talk about uh, Something a very that's special... Real, it's a great idea. Life. It's an amazing opportunity It's a great idea. And who
2: better? Because we see all of these different camps... You know, there's broadcasting camps for a lot of athletes Mm -hmm. who want to go and learn to do the business, you know, after their careers are over. I have it over here, Robin. I know what it's all about. Lee Steinberg and I are talking. I'm going to try to see if he can get me a Pat Mahomes rookie card now because, you know, he is the agent for Pat Mahomes. And I looked this morning and I saw eBay. There was a story about Pat Mahomes cards are going through the roof for people who buy and (laughs) invest, invest in baseball cards. And, you know, there's, these aren't your basic, you know, common cards that you get that are worth a dollar or $4. There are Pat Mahomes cards now that are worth $10,000 on eBay. $10,000 for a, a rookie, but it's, you know, they're the special ones, the ones that they're limited edition, the ones that people now look for when they buy packs of cards. You know, they're throwing out the commons. They only want one or two cards, and they're very rare, and that's why they're worth a lot of money. Now that Pat Mahomes is a rising superstar... People are selling their stuff all over eBay. So anyway, that's enough about the Phillies. I don't want to get sick anymore, Robin. But I mentioned the hot teams. How about the Giants yesterday? We were on the air when they were laying the beat down on the Rockies and a game one of that doubleheader. The interesting thing about that doubleheader, we know Brandon Crawford is playing great right now. He's super red hot. Brandon Crawford yesterday in the first game had six RBIs or eight RBIs. And the Giants won that game at Coors Field. The first one was nineteen to two. The Phillies almost topped the performance because remember Colorado's at home and they got yes. slaughtered nineteen to two. <laughs> yes, Phillies are at home, did. and they get slaughtered sixteen to two. But this ain't Coors Field, even though it's a small ballpark. We don't have the rarefied air here. We have the South Philadelphia refinery air down there.
4: Mm-hmm. And in the summer, we have the city air and the sewer air, and it's exactly lovely. Right.
2: Even though I still love this city, Robin, even if I leave, I can come back and fix things again. I've been told to leave this city many times. Yes, you have. And go back where I came hey, from. Hey, you
4: even told me to go back where I came from.
2: Well, I was told to go back where I came from, and I said, I came from here. And I did come back where I came from. When I went to L.A., people were why don't you go back where you came from? I said, all right, I thought California was still the same country. Anyway, enough about that. That's just a joke, as you know. What's, uh, which analytic is higher, Cody Bellinger's OPS or Tony's blood pressure? It's a good question. I'm totally relaxed. You don't hear me. My rant today was not one of those, oh, my God, I'm throwing, I'm breaking things up, I'm overturning the, the coconut oil buffet last night in the Phillies clubhouse. I'm not overturning cold-cut spreads. You know what I'm saying? I'm just breaking it down. That's all I do. <laughs> That's a good one.
4: Keith apologizes. He cannot come on right now. He's just walking into a doctor's appointment.
2: Okay. But, I mean, it's Keith is the – because, you know, you heard Charlie Steiner, a longtime baseball guy. Even he is sort of not tainted because, obviously, he loves it. He's doing the Dodger games. It's not like he's doing some really crap team. Right. He's not doing the Baltimore Oriole games right now. That would be real torture. He's doing the Dodgers. And even he sees how the game has changed. And listen, there's change that's for the good a lot of times, but I think what baseball has done, and a lot of people feel this way, not just old guys, that they they've tried to turn it into a video game, and and are trying to appeal <clears throat> to the people who think analytics is about everything. Analytics is important when you're doing retail and you got to figure out you know how many pieces that you have of this item, and you got people who are smart enough to to get inventory and those things. Analytics in sports, especially when there's There's certain things that you can predict, but analytics isn't going to tell you how many runs. Who who, analytic expert thought the Dodgers were going to score 16 runs against the Phillies last night? Nobody. You can't predict that. Were the Dodgers favored to win from all the gambling sites? Of course. They're a better team. They were throwing Clayton Kershaw out there. So the Dodgers are favored. They're going to be favored again tonight, and they're going to be favored again tomorrow night. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Dean, uh, today's rant wasn't bad. I rate today's rant on the basis of the shades of red his head turned. So today you were kind of like a medium, appearance. I wasn't
2: in turn, right? I got a red shirt on, my Philly's Pissed shirt. I should make these again right now. I guarantee you these would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, they would. If I could roll off on a printing press a thousand of these, I would sell them outside a veteran's stadium tonight.
4: No doubt.
2: And I'd sell them for maybe... Because t- the other night we went to the ELO concert... And at the ELO concert inside. T-shirts
4: inside, $45.
2: $40, $50, $80 for a sweater. Guys outside, $10 for knockoff shirts. Yeah, looked exactly the same. And there's like 20 guys all selling the ELO knockoff shirts. And people were buying the $10 because they didn't want to pay $40 or $50 inside. Mm -hmm. So they're leaving, and then they're thinking, do I buy one from a guy who just is ripping off? Jeff Lynn.
4: The only one that I would have bought, I didn't want to spend $45 for it by any means, but if they, they didn't have these outside, was the one that said Evil Woman. And then in yeah, s- like little there. tiny, tiny Not Nasty Woman. That's no, the other one. No, evil, evil Woman, you know. and then a very small underneath it, ELO.
2: Love I evil. like that one. Speaking of Evil Woman, I mean, let me just, just a taste. Do you want a little taste just of Evil taste. Woman? Can you just turn the volume up, please? It's all relaxed now on a beautiful Tuesday. Taco Tuesday.
4: It's a very, uh.
2: Tata Tuesday. Start now,
0: God, what a great song!
2: Tushy Tuesday, too. We don't forget the rest of the body parts. Luigi, don't tell me to relax, mother -er. (laughs) effer. How the hell can we calm down? That's why I'm here. I'm the calming factor. I'm the, not the fear factor. I yes. still can't get ELO out of my head from the other night. Scrapple
4: Joe, you are absolutely correct that Tony's air drum is absolutely on beat, unlike the fan from the other night. Exactly.
2: <laughs> he was... All of my air, air instruments are dead off. Yes. I can hit the right cymbals. I know when to hit the tongue. I, I know when to hit the, the bass. I know when to hit the snare. I know when to hit the high tops. Well, because you used to
4: play the drums. Exactly.
2: Don't try this yourself at home. You could hurt yourself playing air instruments. You have to be a trained... I am a graduate of the American Academy of Air Instruments, where there are classes going on this summer.
4: (laughs) To Luigi. Boy, you are in rare form, Luigi. Tony playing air drums is like Stevie Wonder trying to land planes. That's bullshit.
2: Nobody plays better (laughs) air drums than I do. Speaking of
4: landing planes, did you see the world's largest paper airplane? No. Oh, my God, I have to find it.
2: I didn't see that. That is such absolute bullshit, Luigi. Nobody, I mean nobody, plays better air instruments. If I, I should go. You know what I really need to get, Robin? I have to put that on the Amazon wish list because I don't get the music. We used to have a music store 25 feet away from us. <clears throat> right? Remember? Right on the corner here. Not even 25 feet. 15 Correct. feet away from us. There was a great music store where they did. They sold instruments, and we had, they let us borrow some equipment when we did a live remote in 2016 right on Passyunk Avenue on one of the nights when they closed the street during the Democratic National Convention, remember? And the gentleman that owned that store passed away last year, and the store went away. If he were still there, I would go over. You know what I would get right now, Robin? A pair of drumsticks. I used to have drumsticks.
4: I know. Somebody had given you drumsticks, and I don't know where they are. We need to find them somewhere. I used to
2: have all different kinds of drumsticks. If I'm going to continue to play air instruments on the show and play them at the highest levels... I got to get some. I can't do air. You can't do air drumsticks. The best way to play air instruments, or do you really need drumsticks if you're playing air drums? Now on guitars, you don't have a drum. You're pretending, but I should at least have drumsticks, though. I think it would add to it. Air kazoo. Shoot. Yes, I play all air instruments.
4: I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this, but it was a. It was inside. It looked like it was like indoor tennis court, and. They how had big made, was this uh,
2: airplane paper it airplane? It wouldn't have
4: fit in this in this room. It was huge, and it was made out of maybe foam or balsa wood, or and it was all white. And it was how an,
2: big are you talking? Like he, big as a person? Oh, bigger than a person. Bigger than a car.
4: Bigger? Well, about a, about the size of a car, and it probably had at least a ten foot wingspan.
2: How did they launch the thing? Did they have it up high and then they just let it go he, and it glit glided? He just glit, glit, glit it, down?
4: it and it glided, and it was absolutely amazing. If I can find it, I'll play it, but I'm not going to worry about it right now. If anybody else knows what I'm talking about and you can find it, let me know.
2: Big John and Callie makes a great pointer. Remember when the Dodgers fired Don Mattingly, their manager, a few mm-hmm. years ago? Yes. They had to make a choice. Dave Roberts, former player, Gabe Kapler, who was in the organization with the Dodgers. And guess who they chose? Dave Roberts. People were questioning Dave Roberts last year in the postseason, too, with some of his pitching decisions. So all managers face the heat. But Gabe Kapler right now, I'm telling you, I don't dislike the guy. I don't, I don't hate individuals. But you look at this team. I, you see, everybody's getting me back to the Phillies. I don't play air rusty trombone. I'm sorry. I don't do that. I leave the women do that the best. I'm sorry. I guess a man can do it, too. Yeah. If a man can win women's events, just like another one. Did you see the latest uh, man enters? A, a transitioning man or oh, a, no. a trans...
4: Transsexual, trans...
2: No, not pre-surgery. Oh, so because people post-surgery. Are conf- post-surgery. No, pre-surgery. Oh, oh, okay. A man who identifies as a woman who has not had... So a
4: transvestite.
2: So a transvestite... Tra- I, I'm assuming he's starting a transition, but it was a guy who entered another weightlifting competition and blew away the field, who were all... J- uh, uh, what's the word we use for r- women when they're born women? A biological woman. Biological women, thank you. Biological female athletes losing again in multiple weight classes to a male. And nobody gets angry about this. When I say nobody, very few people do. Well, what happened if a, a male soccer player decides that he wants to transition and then go and ask to be on the U.S. women's national team, the woke U.S. women's national team? Would they say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to allow a man soccer player, a, a – biological male, to play with women. Would there be an outrage over that or an outcry? Would there be people saying, no, he has to play? Because, you know, you got all these rules now. And women, some women are upset. Martina Navratilova was upset, didn't Mm -hmm. think it was fair that a man can transition and become a woman and play against women and dominate wrestling. You're seeing it in in weightlifting. You're seeing it in a lot of track and field. So why not soccer?
4: I mean, here's the way... as a woman, myself, I I feel like, one, it takes away from women who have worked really, really hard to get to that point. And the fact that a biologically born male, no matter if they've transitioned or not, if they're on hormone therapy or not they have had their entire life up to that point...
2: Exactly. That's, that's, that's science.
4: To, to, to establish the musculature f- frame that they then have, whether they're transitioning or not. So they have, they have a larger lung. Uh, they have not necessarily. That's
2: muscular. It's all about no, physiological. No, their
4: lungs are larger, and uh, or is that the other way around? No, no because, maybe wrong, because
2: but, when you're looking at marathon runners... Now, women aren't as fast, but the, the, the great distance runners, men and women, they don't finish at the same time. Men still finish faster. Right. Yeah. But women, women marathoners are incredible when it comes to Absolutely. the ability to, to breathe. Yes. So that's not the, the, the bottom line is men are physiologically superior to women muscular. Yeah. That's the bottom that's the line. That's strength. the only way. That's the only way. But no, but that's that's the that's the most important way.
4: <laughs> well in sports, yeah. I mean exactly. it's it's it, there is no doubt. So so for for women, let's just take the soccer team, for example. Here they are fighting for equality, saying that we are doing just what you guys are doing, we should be equal, and then to not recognize that if a man were to come in who has transitioned and says, well, I wanted a spot on your team now, then that takes away from all the equality that they were working to fight for so hard.
2: Exactly. I I didn't mean to get into that, but I'm just talking about I saw that record today of the man in in Europe somewhere who won another event as a female. And the women, the females, are pissed off. By the way, now, I I just want AJ in in, uh, in San Antonio not to listen to Dean today because Dean Point says... All points bulletin for AJ in San Antonio. Can you send Tony a drum set to the wine cellar? Yeah. No, no. Do not no. buy me a drum set. I do not. I don't have room for a yeah, full set. There here. is no room. That's why I play air instruments. Not even
4: for one of those electronic uh, drum sets. Now it I used to
2: have one of those, and Robin made me get rid of it.
4: No, 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 no. Let let us.
2: We have an update on the electronic drum set that you was are, in my possession. You
4: are misremembering that Robin Tony in Br-
2: California. We still have a storage unit, which she doesn't get rid of, but she made me get rid of an electronic drum set that I was absolutely slaying on a regular basis.
4: Okay. Wrong. Let's back up. That was a drum set that belonged to my daughter. Right. When she didn't want it anymore. And she didn't want it anymore, so what happened? She uh, she brought it, and when, when it got but in transition, when she brought it to California from Phoenix, it stopped working.
2: I could fix it, Robin. I'm Italian. Okay. I can fix anything. Well,
4: it was up there forever and ever I and was ever uh, No, because
2: I was, I, was, I was working 50 hours a day, but I still could have fixed it. You know how good I am at fixing things. Yeah. I had the drum set partially working, and then I was some loose connections. And I could still have that thing. I'd be Gene Krupa today. Well, I'd be one of the
4: all-time great. Well, it didn't happen in, like, two years, so it went bye-bye when we moved because we didn't have any room to – we were, like, downsizing. Jesus. And we donated it. We actually donated it. Oh, no, we did bring it. We brought it to uh, Philly, and we didn't have any room at Dockside, and we, we donated, donated it, it. To, uh, to a children's organization that, uh, for, to somebody who actually was able to fix it, and they gave it See, to the See, but I'm, I'm not
2: saying that, that wasn't a good thing, the right thing to yeah. do. I'm saying I still could have fixed it. And meanwhile, we got a storage unit full of stuff that's okay. been sitting in there for three years— and you don't want to get rid of that stuff like you wanted to get rid of the drum I set. Do. And I could be playing that thing right now, right here, on live Twitch TV, instead of playing air instruments.
4: Guess what AJ in San Antonio is going to get to do when he comes here? He's going to help me clean out the storage unit. <laughs> no, he's no, not. No, no. no he, Get your <laughs> damn son
2: in here to get do some damn work. Clean out the damn storage unit. Anyway, enough about that. Bruno's storage unit is active today, also on the... Twitch uh, stream chat, <laughs> and we welcome everybody and thank everybody for sharing the bits, sharing the show. Don't forget share share the show. If you're new, a lot of good people, new people coming everywhere, every day. I mean, I'm pretty, you know, I, I, Gene Krupa, uh, who's some of the other great. Uh, so I'm to forget a lot of drummers now, but Gene Krupa back in the old old day, Then Ginger Baker with Cream. You remember Ginger Baker, the drummer for Cream, one of the all-time greats. Yes. And uh, violin, I'm pretty good at the air violin, too, Robin. Air cello, you name the instrument. I haven't played an air dirigente. Actually, uh, you're really good it? at
4: that, that, the tiny violin.
2: Yeah, I just put that on the time. What's it called? Neil Peart is a Rush drummer. Yeah, there's a lot of great drummers. Not Ginger Banks. That's a different kind of uh, banging that's going on there. Anyway, you know what today is, Robin? Where were you 50 years ago today? you know at 932... Fifty years ago on this date, July 16th, 1969. 1969, a pretty, big, a pretty big year. You know, that was the year of Woodstock, where I said before that I can't imagine that we can do things that celebrate 50 annivers- 50th anniversaries, but nobody could put together a new Woodstock to commemorate 50 years later, which is ridiculous. Of all the things we do, we do annual events, annual concerts, but we couldn't get somebody to put together. Now, most of the acts are dead, of course, But that doesn't stop you from having a 50th anniversary. You just have, like, tribute bands pretending to be (laughs) Jimi Hendrix and everybody that was there (laughs) at Woodstock in New York 50 years ago this summer. Not Brianna Banks, who's a friend of the program, as you know, Robin.
4: Yes. Now, yes, 50 years ago today, Tony Bruno, I have it.
2: What happened? Where were you when this happened, Robin?
4: I was born... Um,
2: I know a lot of people barely. are saying I wasn't born. I'm sure Luigi's saying well, I was uh, 13 years before my father even gave a shit about even thinking about having me.
4: I was teeny tiny though. I was like you were a babe, so you don't six remember. Six months, no. You
2: weren't old enough. No. To grab the sit in front of the TV set and watch John Walter Cronkite and all the guys do it. I remember. I was. Let's see, how old was I? I was like.
4: You were uh, 17, year, 17, 18 years old. Yeah, I
2: was 18, 19 years old, just starting in radio. Fresh out of Compton, fresh out of South Philadelphia, born and raised. And then everybody, no matter whether you're in school, everybody stopped what they were doing. It was in my lifetime one of the most incredible days. You know, the Kennedy assassination. Luckily, I was around to see all that stuff. Some of the most memorable moments in history of this country. But I'll tell you, the the, the Apollo 11 launch. Let's go to the tape. If you weren't there, this is what it was. 50 years ago. Cape Canaveral in Florida.
4: And the reason why we're not playing is what?
0: Why? Why? Play. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Is this, this isn't video, 12, Tony. This is just. 11, 10, 9, Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared.
5: We got a roll program. Neil Armstrong reporting their rolling pitch
0: program which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. What
2: was the exit velocity, by the way, of that? Pretty damn fast. That was awesome.
4: The video I had was better.
2: I know, I thought that was was a shorter one. I didn't want to do a three-minute video. And then, fast forward 50 years later. And now, so many people have gone where no men have gone before. Or women have gone before. Tony getting the Phillies to transition into a good team may be an operation that isn't possible.
4: So I'm just gonna play in the background.
2: Yeah, play the actual one. Uh, I thought I'm sorry, I thought I saw a shorter version and I thought, okay, it was put out by NASA. Yeah, this why would out. NASA put still pictures? All right, let's do this again.
0: Lift off. We have a lift off. Thirty two minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo eleven. Tower cleared. Neil
5: oh, Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo eleven on a proper heading.
2: Roll that pitch. We're rolling.
4: I can't even imagine being the first one to do something like this. Plus 30 seconds. Not knowing if it's going to explode. Well,
0: you know, they had previous problems.
2: I know. That's why. And now you know you're not just doing a fly around the moon, you're going to the moon. Three guys in that tiny capsule. Yeah. Unbelievable. So the launch was 50 one years Bravo ago today. Is abort control mode.
4: I got turn the audio down so I you can. I think their talk launch
2: Ang- angle was pretty good here.
1: Altitude's two miles.
2: Two miles. Mm-hmm.
4: Now was this? This was this was uh, archived footage oh, from a NASA. One,
2: no, this was live on television. So on they played every everything network. live. Uh, yeah. The, what you're hearing now is exactly mile, what we saw altitude, fifty years ago. And did
4: you hear Four. all of this internal yes, stuff of of as course. well? Yes, of course.
2: What do you think they're just going to have Walter Cronkite say, "Wow, well, yeah, it's I'm up in the on air." One hundred ninety-five and... feet per second. This is what everybody wants to hear. They want to hear the separation. You've got to keep it separate.
4: I mean, I remember my mom talking about this stuff. Every, there wasn't anybody that wasn't
2: watching this. No. This had bigger ratings than the women's soccer team. I mean, more people were
4: watching. Well, there weren't that many TVs back then, but um, people would go over to neighbors' homes that had TVs. Okay, I want to
2: hear this now. I want to hear the astronauts and mission control. All right. 1350 the start, Bob. Eight miles downrange, 12 miles high four thousand feet per second. Four thousand feet per second, Robin. Stand by for mode one, Charlie. I think that was Jock Peterson's exit velocity Mark. against mode the balloons. Mode
5: one, Charlie. Yes. One, Charlie.
2: Dean goes, man. I feel like a glass of Tang That's right Charles about now. We're
5: taking a staging status. When this is Houston. You are go
0: for staging.
2: Uh, let's watch. Wait for the staging, Robin. No, not the house that you stage when you're trying to sell it. This is different staging.
4: Do they still make Tang?
2: Not. They make pudi Tang. I know that.
4: You know what tastes North like Tang? I don't know. Madam Musil.
2: Wait a minute, Robin. Wait. Yes, this was bigger than the Beatles. And the fact that back 50 years ago, you could still follow it when you see the, the jettison. Down
5: People were crying. I know. High, standing by for the outboard engine cut
2: down now. I want to see the outboard engine cut down, Robin.
4: All right. Let's see how, how much we are... Uh Two minutes and forty-nine seconds into Launch. the full three minutes and forty-two, where you can't see it anymore.
2: Oh, there it is. There yeah, was separation. Yeah.
5: Oh, yep. 11 Houston, thrust is go, all engines. You're looking good. <whistles> Hi, Roger. You're loud and clear, Houston.
4: So that means that they're At above the atmosphere. At three
5: minutes downrange, seventy miles,
1: forty-three miles high, velocity nine thousand three hundred yeah. feet per second.
0: Nine
2: thousand three hundred feet per second. That's ludicrous got speed. Skirt them.
4: So, the
5: first... Roger, we
0: confirm up.
2: Wait, Robert. Stop... Tower's
0: me- Roger, tower.
5: Neil Armstrong confirming both the engine skirt separation and the launch escape tower separation. Houston, be advised, the visual is go today. This is Houston. Roger, out. That's right.
4: Yeah, they me okay, There you have it.
0: That was
2: awesome. So, you saw the actual separation... You got to keep them separated eventually. You have to keep them together first and then you got to keep them separated.
4: So the first the first rocket launch was to get them above the atmosphere through the atmosphere. Correct. Through the atmosphere. And then this the second rocket brought them to the moon.
2: Now people are ripping you because we were supposed to listen to that and watch, Robin. You, you and you're and you, you were talking m- over Wally Schirra, mission control, and Neil Armstrong, the commander on the Apollo 11. I was
4: doing it on purpose because we also have people listening I know audio that, only. But
2: there's, but there's small gaps between the talking. There wasn't like a 30-second opening. People are trying to recruit people who were around who saw it. I want to see it again. I want to hear Wally Schirra. I want to Damn hear it, Robin. the astronauts. I don't want to hear an eruption of one of the greatest moments in the history of civilization. And for that, Robin, I hate to do it. i got to give you another one. i got to give you another one of those right now.
4: You know what? We should have on like On behalf a... of
2: all the astronauts.
4: We need to do like a Miss Robin bump-bump-de-bump scoreboard, and then people can bet...
2: On how many at, you're going to get? how many Over, under? Get
4: the, uh, uh, the, by the end of the week, and then whoever's closest, or if you're, maybe you have to be right on the money, then you get something special. Beautiful. What do you think? Yeah
2: we have anything special?
4: <laughs> we have a couple things. You know what I found? I just found, because you certainly aren't, we're not going to want it, is a New York Yankees blanket. It's actually a really nice oh, yes. Yankees. blanket.
2: The Yankees lose. So there's,
4: there's a, we, we have some, uh, and we have a, um, two pairs of socks. One is a... No, no,
2: I got one of those pairs that's already been accounted ah, for, Robin. Okay. Don't you be giving away socks. What's the matter with you? Meanwhile... You know what else? There was a major sports championship won last night. Do you realize that, Robin? Major. While you were major, sleeping. Major, while major, While you were watching the Phillies get absolutely polaxed by the Dodgers last night. You know it, what happened?
4: Everybody was waiting In with bated
2: breath. I'm sure our buddy uh, David Conrad was out there. He was there at the uh, inside the old Thomas and Mack Center because last night, was the championship game of your summer league Woo-wee. the summer league ladies and gentlemen has been won by you guessed it the memphis grizzlies are your summer league championship let's go to the tape robin there wasn't a dry eye on the house they beat the minnesota timberwolves
0: oh, Murphy couldn't get the rebound two-point lead for the grizzlies 6 10 to go. Dusty Hannis. From deep. Man. In rhythm. Didn't even hesitate. Come on, way downtown. Allen to the bucket. A lead back up to six as we approach four minutes to go in this game.
2: Over. No, we're not playing Nine the whole Run
0: by the Grizzlies. Finally ended by Mitch Creek. Martin picks up Evans on the switch. Eight on the shot clock. Evans. A little bit of sauce comes up short, and Creek has Minnesota alive. Brown over the midcourt line. Got to the bucket. Extra pass. Chop. Got it! And the lead is down to one. Oh, Minnesota man. needs a three to tie with 10.4 to go. Bruno's on Martin, the length. They go to Mitch Creek. There's Martin, weak side, and he couldn't make the catch. Got it off over Clark for the tie. Diop out of bounds. Let's see again now. Watch Bruno, number five in yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah. Watch Bruno, everybody. Forward. They've made their decision. It's going to be Minnesota basketball. Diop couldn't get it, and that's going to be It's a it. final. The Memphis Grizzlies go undefeated in summer league play to win the championship.
4: Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube for more sports highlights and
2: announcements. Why do I want to see her? I want to see the celebration. We already saw the celebration. They hoist the trophy, and they hoist Rachel Nichols, I think, after the game, too, down the Las Vegas Strip. But, hey, you got to do that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable. The Memphis Grizzlies trading away all their players, but you know they had two top ten picks in the NBA draft recently. And you know who the MVP was. The greatness that is. I wrote this down over here. He, well, not their, not, their sec, not the second overall pick in the draft. He didn't play last night. Brandon Clark was the MVP. He was another one of their top picks. Jo, John Morant was the guy who was the second pick in the draft. So the, the Grizzlies obviously have some good young players. That's why they won the Summer League. John Morant didn't even play, but Brandon Clark... One of the two first round picks was the MVP, and it's official. So, you know what? The parade, by the way, for all of our friends listening in Memphis today and want to know about the victory parade for the Memphis Grizzlies Summer League Championship, because we yes. always, you know, we always talk, we love a parade, and we always do parade action, Robin. Uh-huh. And to, the to parade today, I have the parade route given to me exclusively from the Memphis Grizzlies organization. Long distance information. The parade will start on Beale Street people are familiar with Memphis they've been to Beale Street Okay Then they'll go past the Memphis Music Hall of Fame They'll make a quick stop at Graceland go in there and check all the Memphis uh, uh, you know what do you call Elvis memorabilia And then the celebration the big finale where they will address the throngs of people waiting for an early afternoon buffet in Las Vegas <laughs> It will be at the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid Right there, you can't miss the Big Bass Pro Shop Pyramid oh, that's in that's Memphis, Tennessee. A lot of good things to do, big celebration, and I hope you can make it. We will go live later on this afternoon. Unfortunately, it'll be after the show, but we will have full parade coverage tomorrow. They're not going to celebrate in Las Vegas. They did that last night. They were in the club. They had the uh, you know they had the bub, they had the strippers come in. They do the normal you know Las Vegas celebration thing, Robin. They probably went to uh, Sapphire after the game. Yes. Celebrated up on they were on Burb. No, they were on the Strip all night long. They're going to all the clubs, hitting all the, the establishments. And the Pyramid in Memphis today. They will not be at the Chuck E. Cheese. Though. that is not part. What do you mean that's a violation. Doing a summer league, they have a they have a trophy. This is a championship. When kids lose little, little League championships, they celebrate.
4: And they were very, very, very excited about it.
2: Yeah, that was an unbelievable ending. Just guys taking three-point shots out of nowhere and missing most of them. But it was still exciting. So congratulations to your Memphis Grizzlies. And have fun at the parade today. The U.S. Women's National Team will not be there, though. I just want people to know, just in case they're looking for some late last-minute autographs, it's the original Chuck Berry version, Robin. This is when he was young. They get to raise a banner. Tony. What?
4: I have not given out the phone number today. For any of those people that are listening, if you would like to call us with any comments, rants, questions, ideas, give us a call at uh, 215-462-TONY. That's 215 Four six two eight six six nine. Lines are open. A little bit more difficult for me since Jack in the back could not make it. It was so nice having him here yesterday. Yes,
2: really. and then he has beautiful new truck. It's all good stuff. But anyway, the D League Championship. What's bigger, you think, for the NBA, the D League Championship or the Summer League Championship? You know what I'm going to say? The Summer League, because yes. you're seeing the young players. Yes, you're seeing the young, the future of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Timberwolves and these teams that aren't very good. They were good, but then they started getting rid of their star players. So, good for them. Bolivia ring ceremony for the Summer League? Will they get Summer Sausage? Well, summer, summer Sanders should have been there last night to present the trophy. It's the Summer League, damn it. It's Las Vegas. It's ridiculous, man. The G League, yeah, you can't even watch their game. No, they have some TV contract. They have, some of the G League teams are on TV. Like the one in Utah. You'll see G League games if you're if you're a degenerate gambler and you're flipping around late at night and the NBA games are over and there's some West Coast D League game in some small town. Uh-huh. But there was no table service last night, though, because Monday nights are pretty quiet in Vegas. So they didn't get the table action. Anyway, that's the G League update. Not the G League, the summer league. How'd the Sixers do? Did they win anything? Did the Sixers Summer League team win anything, Robin?
4: Um, I don't know. I don't think so.
2: Coming up uh, in about 20 minutes from now, you know who's going to join us. Lee Steinberg, super agent, super friend, super friend of the show. Plus, we'll have a World Snake Day update from Ms. Robin. And speaking of critters, one of the great mysteries in Chicago. No, not the crime in the streets. i will never fix that. But there was a big, big problem in Chicago for the last week, Robin. And it finally ended hap- on a happy note for all involved. Not Chance the Rapper. Chance the Snapper, ladies and gentlemen. He has not been bought to brought the bookbinders because it wasn't a snapping turtle. It was Chance to nickname Chance the Alligator. He has now been safely recovered and taken back to City Hall in Chicago from whence he came. Let's go to our Chance the Snapper update story. Breaking news from earlier this morning. Chance the Snapper has been retrieved and safely removed from a public property lake. It's actually in a, in a, right in the middle of the city. Miss Robin now will throw to the tape, and we will show you exactly how this all transpired. In Chicago this morning, the Windy City.
0: Parks Lagoon, caught and finally in custody. Sounds like
5: like he's a fugitive or something, right? Yeah, some out of bad boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, certainly evasive for more than a week. We've been on Gator Watch. Uh, numerous traps had been set out. So we've dispatched Rafer uh, to the lagoon. Rafer, if we could build this gator for the untold man hours that we've spent out there right. trying to <laughs> capture him, I would love that. <laughs> Yeah, right, just like Jesse Smollett. Well, here on an overcast day with a light drizzle, some very big news dropping here at Humboldt Park. Chance the snapper, the Gator that caught Chicago's attention, has been caught it was just confirmed by Chicago police just a few minutes ago actually just getting that notification as you guys were tossing to me I'll let our photog Ed Flynn who deserves credit for getting an original photo or pictures of the gator but right now as you can see nothing going on as the gator has been humanely captured that according to Chicago PD they will be having a press conference here at 10 a.m. now after five days of fruitless endeavors alligator Bob setting traps out here to no avail they brought in an expert from Florida called Frank Rob who Essentially said, hold my beer, and he was uh, <laughs> able to successfully capture Chance the Snapper. Now he sectioned off part of the park. They were thinking the thinking was is that all of the attention caused it to go into hiding. Case in point, just two days ago, we were not allowed to stand right here in the boathouse. And the fact that we pulled up, that they let us in. That was an indication right away that the uh, alligator had been humanely captured. And they're going to give us a press conference coming up here in about an hour and a half to give us the details of the humane capture and, of course, talk about where does the gator go from here. So I don't know what story we're going to be covering from here on out, guys, but it appears that this story is coming to a close. We'll have more details coming up later on in Good Day Chicago. For now, we're live in Humboldt Park. There it is.
2: Wow. Humboldt Park. Not Humboldt County in California where that gator would have been high at least.
4: That is is a very excited uh, slow news day apparently in chicago and the fact that there's a gator there florida was like seriously that's and it wasn't even that big of a gator
2: well no i mean gators aren't indigenous to chicago well, right? i
4: know i know but it was they it was a uh, it was a it was an exciting day in chicago and that's... carrie
2: champion always makes it exciting she's uh spectacular and she's real Give me a little bit more of that bill Haley. Right, crack that up now. There we go. See you
3: later, alligator. After
2: rock- When the gator was finally captured, you know what he said? This is maga country, bitch. Don't you know you
3: can't stop. See you later, alligator. After a while. See you later, alligator.
2: After a ro- Oh, so long. Bye-bye. Goodbye. that's
4: exactly how i remember that song ending
2: and i saw one of the uh, local (laughs) chicago folks out there a guy i was out there trying to get that gator a local then they had to call in the gator expert from florida you know what he said when that guy from florida finally caught it Uh
4: eh? exactly not eh?
2: wally gator of course who's the greatest alligator in the swamp you know what happened somebody probably was traveling probably came in had a pet little baby alligator and then said, hey, you know what What people do with pets? Either they have them in their they, house.
4: Or they, they, they either let them go or it got uh, swept down the sewer, right?
2: Yeah, but I'm saying alligators don't... don't Chicago, yeah. Illinois is not an alligator. Correct. There's not an alligator alley there.
4: It would not have ended Somebody up Somebody had natural. it either
2: as a pet or they brought it to Chicago and then realized it was getting too big for the one-bedroom condo that cost $2,000 a month, and they probably put it in the pond. Yep. And it's, it's in Humbold- and it's in a park in the middle of the city. Yeah. Now, you know, we, so, we, we go crazy here. Cool. And there's a lot of deer here. We had the big bear story in, in, uh, right outside the city. hmm These animals. So the difference is there are bears in Pennsylvania, right. and they're coming closer and closer to the city as their habitat's being wiped out. But there's no habitat for alligators in no. Chicago.
4: No. No, if, if, if it had gotten colder, uh, it would have been really bad. And that water is not the correct ph saltiness etc cetera, etc cetera it's, been, it's been
2: in there for a couple of weeks they don't they you know, live in fresh brackish and fresh yeah, water but, i mean
4: I, i'm just saying that it was fine for a little while but how do you know Are you like back?
2: a are you a, uh what, no, what i was call?
4: reading up on it is that it would not have survived
2: well not for a long long time but there's fish in that pond
4: yeah no it had food but sources if it, but as soon as it was
2: getting colder and colder it would have no it would but it's a hundred degrees it's summer in chicago
4: I'm not. It saying... wasn't going to be in
2: this small pond in the middle of a park for six months. That's why they got it out of exactly. there. Exactly.
4: That's my point. You Jeez. and I are saying the same. Why do you argue when I'm saying the exact same thing you are?
2: But you're making it sound like they, if they did not catch it in the next four months, that thing would have died in there. Was, they, well, they caught it in a week.
4: In four months, <laughs> it would have been cold. No shit, Sherlock. Exactly.
2: Not Jen Sherlock, of course. By the way, bring this up, Robin. I got one more Gator song here
5: swamp. He's
2: the greatest percolator when he really starts to rock. See you later, Wally. Come on, Wally. There
0: has never been a greater operator in the swamp. See you later, later alligator. alligator.
2: Boom. 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 Just like that. Boom, boom, boom. Now, you know, the Mississippi River, last time I checked, doesn't run through Chicago. And there are gators in the Mississippi River, but you got to go down Past Minnesota, where it go, It doesn't go through uh, I mean, if he, went,
4: if he got there somehow on his own, he really took
2: a yeah, long that's, turn. Yeah, damn right. Maybe he got, got an Uber from
0: uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> from Minnesota, eh? But even in Minnesota, there's no gators in the Mississippi River. Because, you know, the Mississippi starts right above Minneapolis-St. Right. Paul, and that part freezes in the winter. This is good geography. This is good. Uh, this is what, what happens when you watch nature shows at night.
4: Speaking of nature, yes. and we're talking about um, Not the nature
2: boy Rick Flair though.: that's, No, that's different.
4: Since we're talking about reptiles, we might as well uh, go to the next story which we hinted at before, for I'm sure everybody is completely thousand percent aware that today is a day to celebrate your snake.
2: Oh, it's snake! It's World Snake Day. It is
4: World Snake Day. Excuse me And I, while know I whip so many
2: this out.
4: <laughs> so many people, I'm sure. Not the trouser are snake. Though. So excited. Not the
2: one-eyed trouser trout.
4: No, or snakes. But to to celebrate World Snake Day, let's go down under, shall we? Where they are known to have many, many types of snakes, both poisonous and non-poisonous. But this is at the Australia Wildlife Park, where they, for World Snake Day, are measuring. To so we see- don't
2: do if it's World Snake Day. Do we celebrate it in this country, or is it only in Australia? How can you have a World Snake Day? No,
4: they celebrate it everywhere. But we're just happening to go, we happen to go down under because they have a record-breaking snake and they are, let's see them measure, you know, we we love the Aussies, we love the people down under, we have followers down there. Mm -hmm. And here they are, the uh, Australian, they're they're measuring their snakes. Well,
2: who doesn't? Is this now a fully extended snake or is it uh, curled up?
4: Well, if you, you get look, you on, measure, your, you look on your the, screen...
2: When you measure a snake in different ways, it's like measuring a lot of things.
4: Well, this is... Uh, they're, they're growers, not showers, or they're... Shy. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Damn, that's a... How long is that sucker?
4: That looks like he's 10, 15 feet.
2: It's more than that, Robin.
4: More than that? I don't know. Is that, that a
2: boa? What is it, that?
4: That looks like an anaconda.
2: I'll show you. An but Anaconda. I am not
4: a snake expert. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a snake expert. Maybe somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Doug McGregor. Crikey. That is crikey. I mean, it is It is quite the. Uh... Yeah.
2: Speaking of Anaconda. Yes. Bring me up here, Rob, a little bit of the music. You don't want none
3: unless you got buns, hon. Boy,
4: now, here, look at look at the, so this is, you can see a person lying down next to the string, and look how far that string keeps going. Wow. So, congratulations to anybody that owns a snake out there on your World Snake Day.
2: Robin, you don't get anaconda if you don't got buns. You understand what I'm saying?
4: Now, I posted earlier, we posted on your Twitter page, us with a little tiny baby, Boa. It was like a... Not Larry
2: Boa, who people no, think no, no, should no. come back and uh, is put Scare back into the Phillies.
4: So, I don't know if everybody saw it, but it was a, an adorable little tiny Boa constrictor that when we were at a reptile Robin, I'm missing event.
2: the the best part of the song. Oh, my. This is a little Mickey Nicki Minaj <laughs> remix. Remember, this is where the song, listen, baby got back.
3: Exactly.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> How many oh times my do I have gosh. to tell you?
4: And for those of you who missed it for World Snake Day, da da Tony and I, we are not scared of snakes. No,
2: I, I don't like spiders and snakes.
4: And again, I don't remember what kind this one was. This was like a corn.
2: That wasn't a corn snake. Oh, the little snake when we went up to yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: I don't remember what it was. I don't know,
2: but it was a little baby snake.
4: It was adorable.
2: It was. It's good eating, too. You I were... like
4: snakes. They feel really cool when they're wrapped around you.
2: Some of them do, yeah. Some people don't like them. You know, it's, it's, it's why we're all different. John
5: 1984. 1984.
2: Exactly. It says,
4: best day of the year. <laughs> yep. Do we have yeah. oh, the yeah. Sir
2: Mix-a-Lot and SpongeBob remix of uh, Baby Got Back? No, that's obviously Nicki Minaj doing a collage of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, and the song is called Anaconda if you're scoring at home. And if you are, congratulations. Congratulations. It is World Snake Day.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I better make... Let's see, 220. Okay, I'm just checking time because I... I... You have
2: to call... uh, Lee Steinberg's going to join us in 10 minutes. So we get you World Snake Day. We gave you the Chance the Snapper, who's an alligator. See, I don't know why they call him Chance the Snapper. Because the Snapper's a turtle. And I get they're trying to be funny and trying to... Everybody thought Chance the Rapper had dropped a new uh, a new uh, disc today, whatever they drop.
4: While we are waiting for Lee to join us,
2: I got some NFL news. There, I,
4: right? I just want to quickly, for those of you who are listening on anything other than Twitch, please make the switch to Twitch because that's yes. where it's at, yo. That's where all of these messages that we're reading off and that we're commenting on, they're all on Twitch. So if you are listening to us on anything else except for Twitch, you are not getting the full experience. And you are not following us. You don't get the notifications that we are going live all the time, which is the most important part. So um, just ask any of the other people that are already on there how much they love it, and how easy it is once they figure it out to begin with. Um, and we want to thank all of those people who are uh, cheering us on with fabulous, fabulous bits and bits and bits and bits. Um, Rebel Man, D. Conrad, um, Trevor, um, C-, C. bowls 11, 111 is now following us. Thank you so much. Beer Vac. <laughs> Beer back. Um, Horse Fitness TV is following us.
2: Horse Fitness TV? Yes, they I are. I don't get that channel. Is that up near the like the, the hunting channels and the fishing channels? I
4: don't know, but they are now following us, and so thank you very, very, very much. And as you can see, we love our fans, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Um...
2: Now, I got Dean just sent me the Trail Mix-A-Lot, Baby's Got Snacks, which is a Sir Mix-A-Lot Baby Got Back parody. Can we play this? I think it's Jamie Foxx who's in this, if I'm not mistaken. Jamie Foxx did this. I'm playing it now, on my on the, I don't, but I don't think there we have can't. a volume on that. Yeah. It's, on, uh, it's on BET and on YouTube. You see, just Actually, click on Dean's here. link.
4: I think, it, are you playing it there? Yeah,
2: but it doesn't go to play out of this machine because this, this isn't connected. It's on this one here, on my Twitch stream. So I just okay. clicked it. Yeah, no, that's not. On. And that's why it's not playing because that's not hooked up for us to be able to play. But Dean has it. That's a good thing about the links. When people on our Twitch stream put links to things, you can just actually just pull it up there and play it right from there. But there's probably a commercial in front of it, though, right? You got it, Robin? Hold on. The other, uh, by the way, this Bagel Man thing, if you don't realize from now that this guy is a total scam artist and is just doing this for clicks, he's fake. He's a short guy. He's really short. But he's turned this whole, I'm a short guy, I'm yelling at people. Because he really does yell at people. But he's film, He has it filmed for his own personal edification to make it look like he's being yeah. hassled because yeah. he's short. But they're all—he's
4: the one that instigates everything, exactly. and gets rises out of people. But,
2: but initially, people thought, "Oh, look at this guy. He's nuts. He needs help." And that's what I thought. But then, you know, he's now he's doing it. He's making money. Listen, if you have find a way to make money, that's what this world's all about. But people who still think that this guy is legit need to get their heads examined. Well, in-
3: yeah. Here. wide. Swagging and cheesy, you know, fat meat is greasy. Scooping up chips and hot wings, eating up cookies and ice cream, rubbing on burgers and fries, feeding those big old thighs. Oh, baby, I want to get with you, cause your pants don't fit you. My homeboys tried to warn me, but that gut you got me, me so happy. Ooh, too much pork skins. butt can't fit in my bins with smelly jelly. Feed that big old belly. I seen a huffin' choking on milk and muffins with butt and gut she's shaped like a nissan truck it's a magazine saying you always gotta be lean you want to put a big girl in a real good mood she gotta have some food so fellas yeah. fellas yeah. do you really like your woman's stack yeah. then feed her please her uh, feed her some cracker jacks baby got snacks <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, baby. Till the
3: break of dawn. Baby got the food on. There's really not much to say. Neck so thick she could eat a brick if it's made by Frito-Lay. She's down and round. You want a buffet throw down? She's sucking and licking. Because she's eating up chicken so many. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx you is awesome. To then turn around, stick it out. Even help got a shop. Baby got snacks. Like, face with a
2: big old ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's one more, Robin. So we so got to do it. Girl. This a real thing. Swedish Chef said it. There's a Sir Mix-A-Lot with SpongeBob oh. remix. It's right on there. Swedish Chef has attached the, uh, the link, and thank you for doing that. It makes it a lot easier. It's like our audience is working with us. They're helping us produce the show. That's the best part of this. You're live. You're a part of it. It's like being in bad dinner theater, and you get to put, pretend like you're a part of the show and then they just tell you to stand there and pretend you're dead and you feel like you're a big star now, right? You ever done that, Robin, Bad Dinner Theater? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, now, this is a— uh,
4: They did it for Burger I King, like I guess. I like
3: butts, and I cannot lie. Squid and sea star can't deny. When a sponge walks in, four corners in his pants like he got phone book imprints The crowd shouts. The lady stare, and those pants are square, swing through the sea, tangle is a butt with sharp right angles now. SpongeBob, I wanna get with ya. Cause you're making me rich ya. I know why do we keep it grungy? Cause everybody knows that he's so spongy. Oh, a sponge then you dance with your hips don't bend. So groove it and move it. If you got caboose and prove it, SpongeBob yes. is dancing, and Squidward is glancing, He's hating what? Got Spongebob running his set. set. I'm tired of all these chairs. They don't accommodate these the squares. squares. Take the average box run and tell him that. You gotta have square back. Mr. Crab. Yeah. Patrick. Yeah. Spongebob got the butt? Oh, tell yeah. going to shake it. shake it. Shake it. Shake it. Shake that cubicle butt. Spongebob got back. Nah, dude, I said cubicle, not booty. Don't
2: trip. Oh. That's Howard Eskin and the Spongebob yes. dancers. Uh, no, that's the Burger King <laughs> <laughs> and the Spongebob remix of Sir Mix-A-Lot. Baby God.
4: It is pretty crazy, though, how how much Bur- Burger King looks like.
2: He is. Eskin,
4: it's, it's nuts.
2: Do you remember the Super Bowl when we were there oh and the Burger God. King yes. was there? And Howard Howard's at every Super Bowl, too, and we're there. And, he's and I had wearing... a picture taken with me, Howard, and the Burger King. Yes. And I said, which one of these guys is Howard Eskin?
4: And the thing that's great is he wears the same fur collar, and it's just... <laughs> They should be paying Howard.
2: Burger King is without a doubt. Of all the uh, pimps out there that are pimping product, because Ronald McDonald was never really hip. You know what I'm saying? But Burger King, he's, he's got street cred. Am I right? Burger King is total pimp. Exactly right, Rebel Man 9311. Total pimp. Is he banging uh, Katie Holmes, the, the uh, Burger King? Who's banging Katie Holmes? Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jamie Foxx, Yeah. Yeah. I thought the Burger King was banging no, Jamie, to... no, Jamie Fox. No, Jamie Foxx and uh, and uh, Katie Holmes have been together for a while.
4: AJ Marcos, can I put producer of Tony Bruno show on my resume? Absolutely, absolutely. If
2: you contribute to the show, you can actually put it on your resume, and you'll actually be—you won't be lying. You won't be well, lying. Yeah, you have
4: to put assistant producer. Yeah, assistant. On it. No, assistant. you can't say
2: executive producer. That's Robin. Even Luigi's not executive yet.
4: No, he's not even a producer. He's assistant producer.
2: No, but you can't have uh, people on Twitter be ahead of Luigi yet. I know uh, some of them so, have been have so radio this, experience. Uh-huh. But Luigi's got to be. Is assistant bigger than associate? Yes. In the pecking order? Because you have executive so. no, no, no. producer. No, Associate,
4: I think, is bigger. So Luigi should be associate. We're going to give him a promotion?
2: Okay, so he's going to go from... Assistant to associate. He went from intern to... Uh,
4: Assistant. Now he's going to be associate producer? Associate
2: producer. The next step up is, is executive producer.
4: No, next step up is producer.
2: Producer. Because in the movie titles, it's a, there's like 15 executive producers. That means they're all the douchebags who think that they know more than everybody else and they want their name involved. Right. Even though they had nothing to do with executive producing the movie. You know, usually you only need two or three. You see some of these movies, and they have like 15 oh, yeah. executive producers. It just means
4: that they gave money. Exactly. <laughs> that's all it means. Exactly
2: right.
3: They just <laughs> Not administrative
2: money. assistant. Burger King, I have breaking news now from CVV, because that's the best thing about the sources that we have here. The Burger King is now banging patty milk. Yes, or peppermint patty, actually. He probably should be banging, right? Who do you think the... Administrative assistant, we don't have those in radio. Those secret, sec, Administrative assistants are secretaries. Yeah, we and used to gone. call them secretaries. Now they're called administrative assistants, yeah. which basically is you answer the phones. You, uh, I do that too. Robin has all those titles. Robin has one of those, her business card should have like five different titles on it. You ever see those people who do that? CEO, CFO, uh, MFLOP, LAMFO, all those other ones.
5: That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff.
2: Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
5: And now, an ad from Dad. All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from
2: becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. B.K. King was eyeing Mrs. Puff, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, who wasn't? Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's 2.30 in the afternoon here in the east. And in the west, it's, uh, 11, 12, it's, 12, it's, 11, it's 11.30 in the east. In the west, where this man joins us now live from Southern California. I believe he's in Southern California. The great Super Agent Lee Steinberg. Lee, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm great, and I'm just sitting here in Newport Beach looking at the water. Uh, but we're overcast, as it always is, at the beach.
2: So I'm supposed to feel bad for you? You have to feel bad for me. I'm a Phillies fan living in Philadelphia watching the Dodgers annihilate them last night on national television.
1: <laughs> they are amazing this year. They are so deep, and... They've got so many great young sluggers and players. Uh, I think this could be our year.
2: Wait, so you've been a die. Now, you're not just jumping on the bandwagon, right, Lee?
1: Oh, well, I uh, started rooting for them in 1958 when they came to uh, Los (laughs) Angeles and won the World Series the next year in 59. So if I am, it's a very, very long and ancient uh, bandwagon.
2: So do you have a Brooklyn Dodgers uh, old-school kick? Because I know you have some great memorabilia.
1: I do. Uh, my father uh, came from uh, Long Island. He rooted for the Dodgers. And so I've got all sorts of uh, statues of uh, the 1955 team. That was the first World Series I remember. And uh, and they finally beat the hated Yankees.
2: Talking with the great Lee Steinberg. Of course, you know him, the, the guy who was the inspiration for Jerry Maguire and and uh, agent to the superstars, and his latest superstar, of course, Pat Mahomes. I was looking this morning. I saw a notification about eBay, and your client Pat Mahomes. His cards are going for like ten thousand dollars now. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you see all this stuff on I eBay? Mean, there's cards that are four dollars, but then there are these super special, super duper, very rare cards. People are selling them for ten thousand dollars, Lee.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, he's the hottest player. Uh... Especially young player in football right now, and uh, if you like him on the field, you love him off the field because he's uh, humble and charming, and and not all about himself, and charitably uh, minded. So um, he's a great role model for football.
2: Yeah, I mean, Robin and I got to meet him and his mom a few years ago, when before he was drafted. When you took him around Radio Row, was that the Minnesota Super Bowl? No, it was before that. Was that Houston? Trying yeah. to think, because it was 2017 when he was drafted, and I remember yeah. when. He, and, and every year we see you at the Super Bowl, and you're bringing around clients. And we met Pat Mahomes, and I got a chance to talk to his mom and him, and just a great kid. And the story about his dad, and uh, it, it, and we knew then we didn't know he was going to be as great as he is now, but we knew he was a humble kid. We know he was a smart kid, and you saw it right away, Lee. That's why this kid is is without a doubt the 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 biggest young star, maybe not just in the nfl maybe in all of sports right now in this country
1: the amazing thing about it is that we thought he was going to be great but no one could have anticipated he would have had a year like last year mm-hmm. the jump between playing at the college level especially coming out of an air raid and going to the pro level is immense and the defenses are specifically designed to confuse him uh he most first-year guys i remember when I had Troy Aikman, um, he had one game his rookie year where he had a zero quarterback rating. Was that the um, Eagles'
2: eleven sack game, Lee?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so he, he and he goes on to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, if you look at people like Peyton Manning, he threw double the interceptions as touchdown passes. So did John Elway. So the fact is, we knew he was going to be outstanding, but oh my God, he he couldn't even totally read the field last year. I mean, the scary thing about it is that um, he's worked his uh, behind off to be better. Uh, he, he, you you can't uh, predict that the statistics will uh, be better because that was a, a pretty good year, but, but he will be better. He will read defenses better. He will hang on to the ball better. Uh, it's uh, There's a pretty high ceiling for him
2: talking with the great lee steinberg who has not requested a rim shot yet which is a new record for your appearances with me lee and you didn't even ask for i could have done one on the i could have done one on the the uh, the troy aikman 11 sack game against the eagles where he had the zero quarterback all game. right
1: i want you to watch me coming up to the court okay dribbling between my legs now i elevate up in the air from the free throw line and dunk it I just gave you one. I guess you can't hear it through the line. (laughs) (laughs) Lee
2: Steinberg. Now, Lee, uh, one of the other good stories is the Ryan Leaf story that I saw, and I got to call him. Uh, He just got a job again with ESPN. I know he was doing Pac-12. We know the story of Ryan's career and what he's been through with all the problems and stuff. But he's such a great guy, and he does so many good things now. And we all have to be happy to see that he's back broadcasting, and ESPN has hired him to do college football games this fall.
1: So, in my entire forty-five year career, I probably had uh, no one that was more disrespected than Ryan Leaf. And uh, to see how he's turned his life around and become an advocate for sobriety, an advocate—he uh, speaks at uh, at high schools. He speaks all around. So, um, I mean, it's heartwarming to see that such a dramatic fall was. Uh, led to any he, he's still a young man and he's got so many productive years left so uh it's it just shows you what um that when people get down and are challenged and feel like there's an apocalyptic uh ending to their life that if they'll just be resilient and hang in there they can come back
2: yeah that's an awesome story he is a great guy we see him everywhere that's the one thing about ryan Leap he's out there all the time In the community, going to events, you know, really wanting to reach out. And and I've had a chance to know him for a long time now since he's been in and out of football. And I was really happy when I saw that story. Now, you got something going on, and I think it's a great idea is that, you know, we see all these broadcasting camps for NFL players. And people always ask me, how do I get into the radio business and their broadcasting schools? And you have one. And a lot of people say, I don't really want to be a broadcaster. I don't want to be an announcer. I don't want to be a player. I want to be a sports agent because there's a lot of people in sports management who are taking sports management classes in college who are looking at the future which is what you do and a lot of people want to do. So you have a a a, uh, a, a an agent academy, right? And it's you're going to come east to do this here in uh, the Washington DC area this weekend, right?
1: So we're doing our next agent academy uh this Saturday uh at Georgetown. Uh, I- I've spoken on 85 campuses around the country, and I'm usually uh, deluged with people wanting to be in the sports business. Now, they may want to work for a team, a league, in broadcast, in marketing, in branding, in uh, facilities management. So. We created a three-pronged educational program. One is a sports career conference that we hold two or three times a year where you hear the experts in every uh, different field. One is an online course that you can access at our website, Steinberg Sports. But the Agent Academy is a response to the fact I want to try to bring along an ethical, trained group of sports professionals. So the we, we've we held this about 15 times Uh from New York to Philadelphia to Chicago, Houston, Dallas, all all over the country. And what happens is people come out of, you reference sports marketing, well, you come out of law school, business school, sports marketing, and you learn the principles, but nothing really practical. So at this uh, uh, assemblage, we teach people how to negotiate, how to recruit, how to have good listening skills, how to put together a charitable foundation. Um, So we'll take a player, um, Patrick Mahomes has done it, J.L. Brown has done it, Ronald Jones has done it, and their family, and split the group up into about five or six agencies, and they have to actually try to recruit the player. And then we have half of them play general managers and half of them play uh, sports agents, and they have to negotiate a first-round contract. They have to do damage control. They got a really damaged client, and they have to sit at the podium. And we have people firing questions at them. And um, and we're really honest about the hyper competitiveness of the field. That that few people really make it to the apex. But that doesn't mean one of them can't beat the person.
2: Lee Steinberg, Super Asia now. There's still uh, some openings, right? I mean, can people still if uh, want to come down? Yes, there? they
1: can. If they go to steinbergsports. dot com slash agent academy, um, it's an all day Saturday event, and our graduates have gone on to be big successes uh, all over the place. Uh, you know, from from being team councils to. to Working at Showtime, I mean, there's the training is great no matter what you're going to do because it's specific and um, methodical and uh, and fun.
2: Awesome, and they actually, I see that one of the uh, the one of the outstanding attendees at the conference actually gets an internship at your Steinberg, Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Company, and we get to meet a lot of these people every yeah. single year. And you got a lot of young people that you're. Allowing to work with you to learn really from the best in the business. I mean, that's a great opportunity.
1: Well, the whole thing is can we make sports more ethical? Can we make people, can we get people into sports that have principles? That, as you know, our practice is based on the concept of role modeling, athletes retracing their roots to the high school, collegiate, and professional community, and setting up programs. So, Mahomes just set up 15 in the Mahomes, which is a. uh, charitable foundation that helps at risk and underserved kids so, and uh, kids with illnesses. Um, so uh, if you actually have the real skill set, you can make an impact in the world.
4: Well, I mean, this is, it's Robin. Uh, That's one of the things that I have been so impressed with all of your uh, clients, that they do seem to be different than the some other players out there, that, they, whether it's because they've gone into signing with you and you've laid down the law, or whether they were already like that, I don't know. But there's obviously something there.
1: So, um, when we look at a draft class coming out, we'll specifically research into, as this young guy done. Community services. He's been on a trip to Haiti. Has he done this? Has he done that? And then read how they're interviewed. So we're looking for a select uh, group, and then, but these are people with heavy motivation. Uh, and people think the role of an agent is just to negotiate contracts. Well, if you teach young men how to network, how to go into a crowded situation, collect cards. Uh, right on the back of it, who it was, middle-aged man with boil on his nose who was talking about plastic, for example. Um, then they can put a Rolodex together, and that's what leads to second careers. So that's how uh, Duron Terry in Kansas City ends up with the Anheuser-Busch distributorship, and then we have Warwick Dunn and Ray Childers, who own minority parts of teams, or Brent Jones with the $3 billion hedge fund. So what you're looking at is a holistic way to try to stimulate the best, but the people we get are so well brought up by their parents, uh, and so they already have those values, and they would be big successes in life. Um, you know, Our job is just to uh, show them a little bit of how to be effective.
2: The great Lee Steinberg, and again, last call. It's Tuesday. This is Saturday. Washington D.C. at Georgetown School of Continuing Studies, at Georgetown, and the campus down there in Washington D.C. And again, the email address if people want to get in and make the trip down there
1: is uh, Steinberg s t e i n b e r g sports dot com uh, slash agent academy. And uh, I- I'll tell you, uh, I don't mean this as, as a huckster or something, but if you come, it'll change your life.
2: Well, every time I see you every year, you change my life. <laughs>
1: Lee, no doubt about it. Lee,
4: I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it here on the show, and I will also can... post it on social media. So, so that's that'd...
1: very kind of you, Tony. Uh, uh, you didn't need much changing. No, you're right. I need the No, the only
2: thing I need change is the medication. I maybe have to go get a new prescription. No. Luckily, I have a doctor's appointment next week uh, and he'll up my meds or whatever I need to do, Lee. Congratulations. Well, <laughs> well we're,
1: we're still walking around and, and have a little bit of centered consciousness left.
2: Exactly. Well, I, for me, I only can speak for myself. My consciousness level is about as high as it's ever going to get, and it's probably all downhill from here. But we enjoy, we enjoy every single day, Lee. That's, we take it one day at a time, and that's hey, how look, we can do it.
1: 60 is the new 30, 70 is the new 40. <laughs> exactly.
2: Lee, great to talk to you. Good luck, and uh, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you soon. My pleasure. Thank you. The great Lee Steinberg. Let's give him a roaring round of applause. Right?
4: I love him. I love him so much, and I, I, I truly, truly, truly love how – he treats his
0: uh He's
2: not just clients, his employees. Right. I mean, his family, everybody. his son works for him. I but, mean all these people who work for him love working for him. Yes. And with him. Because he's he probably is the best that's ever done this. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of great agents. And you're seeing a lot of athletes. And a lot of uh, uh, recording artists mm-hmm. who are now agents. And
4: he and and Lee is incredibly open about um, his path. Where you know he he had a hard path for a while. People thinks it was think it was all fun and games, but he had a, a major alcohol problem mm-hmm. and lost almost everything. Lost many friendships, yep. partnerships, and built his way up again. So he comes at this now with a renewed perspective on. How easy it is to lose everything. Absolutely.
2: He mentioned his client, Ryan Leaf, who we know well. We see Ryan all the time. We played – Dean's checking in. We played golf with Ryan Leaf down in Tampa. Great guy. And, you know, so when you hear Ryan Leaf's name, a lot of people – Oh, well, yeah, he was supposed to be the next great quarterback, and he failed. And he went through well, – he went through a living hell. But the, at the end of the day, and I hate to use that term because I hate it, Ryan Leaf, his life was a disaster yeah. because he wasn't able to excel – at the levels people expected right. of him when he was drafted so high in the draft. There was a debate about whether he was the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, was he the guy that should have gone first? He lived through that and then he went through a lot of problems in his life, too. Yeah. And, and now think- he's got himself together and and for years we see him every year wherever he is. He is always doing things to try to help mm-hmm. others. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. If you have a if your life goes to hell and a lot of people's do, and you're able to get out of that and get help and have people help you and then you help others? Yeah. That's why I mean, Ryan that's, Leaf is got that's why Ryan Leaf is getting jobs doing football. He worked for the Pac12 network. He's an amazing network.
4: motivational speaker. He's
2: great. He and his wife are absolutely yeah. great great people. Are and we say know? this because we've met them and you and you know when you're around somebody, you can tell when somebody's BS artist and they're trying to just I need to get back into the business. What can you do for right. me? He hasn't been he hasn't been openly looking for jobs. He's been he's been going to events and letting people see that he's back out there. Yeah. and he's okay, and he's helping other people do. In fact, we should get Ryan on the show tomorrow. Let's try. Now we have we have tomorrow's show, and we still have over an hour to go today. But I have, we have Ryan's car. We have his number. We should yeah. get him on because I, I want to congratulate him on his new gig at now, ESPN. Tony, I
4: am so sorry because I was actually looking and, and, and readjusting while Lee was giving out the email address to, to contact. It was what at SteinbergSports.com?
2: It was SteinbergSports.com slash Agent Academy, I think he said.
4: Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. Here, I actually have. I can get this, and I'll. I will post this. I know that there's people. See, that's why that you got to take notes, Robin. That's well, a... I was. I was in the middle of other stuff. I only have one brain, two hands. But I thought
2: you had. You were multitasking.
4: I can. I can multitask. As long as I don't need more than two hands,
2: and I needed both my hands.
4: Uh oh. There we go. <laughs> there we go.
2: See, at least when two I hands. do that to you, you don't flip out. No. Because I do it for me, I do it for you.
4: Oh, but you love doing it for me.
2: I only do it when it's necessary. I don't give you fake bump bumpy bumps I only give you those when you the absolutely, nece- you have to earn when, those. When I deserve it's like, it's like, it. It's like respect. You don't just give somebody respect. They earn respect. Yes. You don't just demand respect without any accomplishment. You earn it. And
4: you know what I occurred to me?
2: What occurred to you now? Rob?
4: That um, this <laughs> academy, this agent academy. Yes, even if your final destination in life you don't think would end up becoming an agent, these skills yes, absolutely. would be across the border worthwhile for pretty much anything in life.
2: How many people do we run into? Young people who you know, know that the radio business is a tough racket right now, but they're interested in the sports part of it. You know, they. Hey, I'd like to work for a sports team one day. Yeah. Which you know we see a lot of people. Hey, I want to. We met one of the guys I used to work with at WIP the other day. Great kid. He was a he was an intern, and then he got hired, and he was making six dollars an hour, six dollars an hour producing radio shows.
4: Which is. And then he's like,
2: well, wait a minute. You know, I've been here four years. I'm making six dollars an hour. I have a family. You know, I want to do this as a career, but I also need benefits. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, so eventually you want to get in, and you get in on the on the ground level. And then you work your butt off and you hope someday to keep moving. Yeah. And then a lot of people who do that and say, I want to be in radio or I want to be a producer. And then they struggle with the fact that you're not making a lot of money right away. Mm-hmm. Some people just move on and say, I got to do something else. Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff that people say to me all the time. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm in marketing. I, I'm going for sports. Ma- you're hearing a lot of people. Sports I'm in management, sports yeah. management. And sports management starts out with like being a ball boy for the Trenton Thunder. Seriously, <laughs> no. or going working on a yeah. ground crew for the Phillies. I mean,
4: and but even if you even if you segue into something that's non-sports, you are always going to need to know how to negotiate, whether it's your own contracts or somebody else's. You're going to need to know how to uh, um, t- PR. Media, you you're need to know how to brand yourself. No, he let broke, broke I mean, it all down. And that, that's
2: the great thing about if you want to be in the sports slash radio slash media slash agent business is that there's a lot of different facets to it. I wanted to be in radio. I didn't care what I did. I just wanted to be on the radio. And so my first job was a news opportunity. Did I say, oh, I don't want to take news. I want to be a DJ. No, I said, whatever it takes to get on the air. You know, I had a journalism thing, I had political science background. So I got hired to do news and I did that as my first job. And I loved doing it and I got better at it. Then I moved on to sports because sports was exploding here in the Philly area and there were a lot of opportunities. So I was still a news guy, but I decided that sports is the future for me. And I loved sports and I covered it anyway. So that's the same thing when you try to get out of co- when you're in college or you're in a career where you don't feel you're gonna go anywhere and you, you have a passion for something. See, I had a passion for it. A lot of people try stuff to see if it's, this is for them. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you know what you want to do and you have an idea what you want to be in, what field you want to be in, then you work your way toward going up the food chain. You don't expect to get hired and become the general manager of a company. You go in and say, hey, I'll be a, an usher. You know, there are people who are ushers at sporting events, at, at ballparks, who move their way up, I know guys... Who are now general managers of baseball teams, who worked in who worked in the ground crew, and they move their way up and get into the front office, and then they move up. It's an amazing transition, and this is how you get you got to get into the bottom level. By the way, uh, Robin getting a bump, bump, de bump. When the first show first came on, the odds were sixteen to one on a daily basis. She's now one to nine, favorite every day to get at least two. So there you have it. People are now betting. Yeah, and in fact, I, uh... I believe Scrappled... <laughs> Scrapple Joe says, No, it was, it was an AJ Mario. I got to look it back. Oh, no, Scrapple Joe says, One more bump, de- bump, bump, the de- bump, and I hit the over today. So now I see I'm controlling that. So I could help Scrapple Joe win a bet. But see, I'm not going to give Robin one if she doesn't earn it. I'm not going to try to because I can hit the bump. I could be like the umpire last night at the Phillies game, the home plate umpire, Doug, Doug Eddings, Right. and just give her one for no reason, like throw the pitcher out for no reason. I'm not going to go there. If she gets another one, I will deserve. Have, I will
0: earn. We it. have
2: over an hour and seven minutes left in this show, unless we go overtime, of course, which seems to be likely every day. What is the likelihood now? Because you know they have halftime bets, first half, second half. What are the odds right now? In the last hour of the show, an hour and say five minutes. How many more bump bump the bumps will Robin get in the final hour? Over, under on me saying it's an outrage, five and a half. I've, I haven't said it once yet today. so It's an outrage. There's no way I'm doing it five, five, five more times in the next hour. So that's a losing bet right there.
4: So I just posted the link on the chat room and on your social media for anybody that is interested. Um, I, I would love to go. Like It would be one of the things that I would get a lot out of.
2: You're not going to Washington, D.C. this weekend, I Robin.
4: I know. Don't have time. It but would it, would, I would, it would be, not only would it be fun, but it would be interesting. And you come away with learning so much. You have great contacts.
2: No, I, I highly I, recommend. There's so many great people in that industry. And, and Lee, you, you want to talk about being around Lee and learning from him. You know, that's like going to the Vatican and learning from the Pope. I know. Maybe that's a bad example. The Pope's really not doing much these days. He's like <laughs> on a lot of people's <laughs> shit lists, so to speak.
4: Yeah, really. Okay. Meanwhile,
2: Meanwhile, but here's the thing. Ob- oh, no. no. Uh, can we get this Robin bump, bump bump action on Monkey Knife Fight? You know, because they put over and under as a nose thing. You
4: know what? I, I I have a phone call into them. I will ask Bill Asher to find out if we can put a special Tony Bruno show, <laughs> Miss Robin bump, bump-de-bump <laughs> into the system. <laughs> Actually, uh,
2: you can tell we have a lot of gambling degenerates listening. Andy Mac, yeah. Andy listening
4: Mac is probably—I think he's still hosting us. If he's still hosting us, and if he's listening, up in Canada, eight up in Canada, he ha- he has a direct line into into their uh, headquarters. <laughs> Andy, what can we do?
2: <laughs> he has a direct line into the uh, Monkey Knife Fight yes. headquarters. Yes. Why don't we have a direct line?
4: Well, we do. But I it's know those li- guys, but but he's closer, you know, so the line's shorter.
2: Okay, he's closer in <laughs> Canada. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Because the
4: rest of Monkey Knife Fight is all up in Canada, eh? Hey? Nick, the guy that came on, he's yes. in Canada. I thought it was all in Vegas. No. Oh, in L.A., out in the I Valley. Think, I think that Bill is, well, he probably has multiple homes because, you know, that's just him. But um, I think that Nick is up in Canada.
2: During the football season, the over on Tony saying marinate during a stone-cold lead pipe lock is now plus two and a half. Listen, I don't ever release picks unless they've marinated for at least a day. Yeah, you... there's, no, there's no, like, snap decisions. Nope. It's all a process. And this is a process that you can trust because it's been proven over the years. And I don't have to tank it for this process to work. Marination is always important, whether it's meat, whether it's chicken, even vegetables. You let something marinate, only good but things But not can too happen. much. No, not too... Well...
4: You know, if you marinate it too much... That's not true, though,
2: Robin. When you go into the supermarket, you know how they have, like, now they have the chicken with marinade already in it, and they have those, like, pork loins that have different flavors already marinated in it, and then you just cut it open and you got it? Those things have been sitting in refrigerators for weeks, sometimes months. It depends on what it is. Like, in pork. Like, one of those pork, uh, you know, the pork.